The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Tenatato katoa, meri kirihimete. It's the Gone by Lunchtime Christmas party, and you're all invited to listen to us. My name is Toby Manhar, and I'm joined by two of the most festive people in the history of this podcast Annabelle Lee. Hi, Annabelle. Kia ora. Ben Thomas. Hi, Ben. Hi, Toby. For a Yuletide binge of takes as hot as Prance's hooves, as brilliant as Rudolph's nose, and as pungent as Santa's pissed up breath. <laughs> We were going to talk about the year 2016, a bit about the year 2017, but before we do that, there was a kind of big thing that happened in politics, what was it, 10 days ago or so. Um, I was, um, if you must know, I was about to send out my sheets to various spin-off contributors um, reflecting on the year, and one of the questions in it was, do you think John Key will lead the National Party into the 2020 general election? Um <laughs> And uh, so I clearly wasn't focused on what was about to happen that afternoon. Um, Monday last, were you, Annabelle? Absolutely not. You knew it was happening. eh? Winston sent you several texts over the weekend saying it's coming. It's coming. So, so. He knew before John did. Yeah, he knows a lot of things. I mean, he... He's a matakite. A matakite. Is that a soothsayer? Yes. He's got a crystal ball. I I found Crystal balls. Um... Of every, the people saying that they knew John Key were going to step down, fell into two distinct camps. One was liars, and the <laughs> other true. the other was people who have been saying it every week for the past eight years. So <laughs> and, uh, John Key must go. There was there's someone who has a Twitter account called John Key must go, um, who. To their credit, whoever has said, "Well, I'm not sure what I do now. I don't know what I do with this account." <laughs> and it's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that there is a bit of a bit of sentiment in some corners of the worldwide into into internet that um, people are saying, beginning to convince themselves that he was muscled out, John Key. Well, that he was all of these things, yeah, start to look inevitable in hindsight and. There's and and now within ten days, the left of New Zealand has sort of convinced themselves that actually they've seen him off. You know, no, they, the, fin- they the finally left, toppled only John if you Key. Judge the left of New Zealand by some of the websites that you and Hooten spend all day obsessing over. I have to say, I am in admiration for the you know it was such an elegant exit, and so rare that you see you know a leader do that. I thought. Um, you know, it was a powerful way to end his reign. 
It was gobsmacking. Um, and yeah, I still, I, I, now I can't even remember the guy's name. It was John Keyes. The, this is the enduring like mystery, is that the most popular prime minister of modern or perhaps all times in New Zealand, and I would say about half of his voters didn't know what his name was. Hmm. You know, they'd say, I really like John Keyes. Well, they like him uh, because of what Mike Hoskins said about him all the time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> an, an, an enigma to the end um, and it's been Annabelle uh, we kind of uh, those of us for the sport of it enjoying the um, the National Party finally showing a little bit of um, division um, and it was like the, the dam had burst and then the dam hadn't really burst that much at all and it was almost mm. a coronation of Bill English and Paula Bennett it's always a little bit um, embarrassing to watch other people's like amb- personal ambitions sort of le- leak out, come squirting out and spraying all over everyone. And then having to like... <laughs> embarrassing re- and then but riveting. To, yeah, right, yeah. And then having to rebury them and pretend, oh no, I was just like, I was just putting it out there just to see, just yeah. to feel, not doing numbers, just no. seeing if there's a vibe mm. or a feeling, mm. Mm. a la Coleman and... Um, and Judith. Judith Collins, yeah. yeah. But yes, it was quite tidy in the end, wasn't it? But I, I don't think that it will remain tidy for a long period. I think that we'll start to see some more manoeuvring over the, you know, the next, or in the new year. Mm, mm. You've been in that um, world, that snake pit. Ben Thomas is a press secretary um, for a National Party minister. Is it? Is it? Can it hold? Can they? Can they retain the... Famous fearsome discipline. There, there the is there is nothing the National Party likes more than being in government. Um, that yeah, look, the Bill's Bill's got the year to win the election. Um, I don't think there'll be any kind of dissent or or, or acrimony. Um, the, you know, the, this this was a real contest. I think this has been glossed over. You know, because it was sort of this brief, brilliant, effulgent alien flame that no one had, no one had sort of oh, recognised. Um, you know, because Key was such a uh, You know, Key, Key was just such a, a sort of a truism as the leader, right? And so when when he disappeared, you know, there there was actually a real competition for the leadership here. Mm. But the 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 what we might call the establishment, which is you know the heir to the throne, um, Bill English, Joyce, those guys, you know, they they swung into action with ruthless efficiency, and mm. um, and they 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 crushed. Well, yeah, you wouldn't call it an insurrection because it is actually an open uh, democratic contest. Um, but they took care of business pretty pretty swiftly. Mm. Did. I mean, presumably Judith Collins and Jonathan Coleman, if they were honest, didn't really expect to be elected leader. Then why would you do it? I think that's the thing about being a politician is you have to be slightly deluded and think that you can win all the time. Otherwise you wouldn't be in it. So I doubt that they'd just throw their head in the rings if they didn't think they had some sort of chance. Okay, but what if you're setting out your stall, you're... um, Expressing your interest in the job, but you realise that. Do you need to do that publicly, though? Would you not be doing that behind the scenes? I don't know. I mean, it it it, it makes it clear that you're ambitious. I mean, as far as Coleman is concerned, particularly, I mean, that was never going to happen, right? That just simply wasn't going to happen. But well, that, he that's now what puts you would have on the on the radar. I don't. I don't think that's the explanation. I don't think it was sort of as a stalking horse for a promotion in the reshuffle. 
I think he honestly thought he was in with a shot. And I think for a brief period, he probably was. Um, what, really? Yeah, what, nah. the, what, what, what the post-key thing showed was there were a lot of emboldened backbenchers, you know, guys that you haven't really heard about a lot about before, uh, you know, through the news media, people like Chris Bishop, Todd Muller, you know, talking talking to the media and quite quite openly about the idea that there was a, a bit of a disconnect between cabinet and the backbench. Mm. The backbenchers felt mm. like they needed, you know, a mm. bit more expression. Um, and Coleman, probably not anyone's favourite for the job or really even a leading contender, had you asked anyone three three weeks ago, harnessed that well um, and and has probably probably put himself in a stronger position profile-wise because I think you're right. If, if the unthinkable had happened and Jonathan Coleman was the new Prime Minister... That would take a lot of, you know, explaining to the New Zealand people of who this guy was. Mm. Yeah, so he was never going to win. You'd, have to, the, you'd have to issue commemorative postage stamps, put him on coins like they did in the old days. You have an emboldened, you have an emboldened backbench to some extent. I mean, someone who said that many people, um, you know, many of the backbenchers who hadn't really realised that they had any power and that this, that they, that of course they do, cork, the power resides in caucus. You mm, know, they have, they have and, one and vote, does. and that's it. But 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 they they have the same number of votes yep. as um, Amy Adams or a, or a senior minister. But now, I mean, you like you said in British politics, you see all the time in, in the in the Tories, the eighteen twenty nineteen twenty two committee is this incredibly powerful part of the way the dynamic of the party works. Mm. They've been they've been they've been dormant here in the past. Backbenchers have had kind of some clout, and and now they might feel a bit emboldened, a bit more willing to internally at least, and have know, a mandate as well there. because. You know, this is a huge caucus, uh, 58, 59, 59 MPs. And many of them, the list MPs, are there because of John Key. Key was the franchise, right? right? So they, they owe everything to John Key and the, the upper echelon of the National Party. It's not like in the old days with First Past the Post where you won your seat, you've got your place at the table. Everyone there was there in, in part because of old-fashioned sort of patronage by, from John Key. So his, his word was law. Now... Without key there, you don't you don't really have that. No one there was elected to parliament because of Bill English or because of Jonathan Coleman or because of Judith Collins, and that changes that dynamic a bit. Right. So here's where you say that the National Party uh, uh, love being in power, want to be the natural party of government. All true. However, those MPs that you talk about have never experienced the polls dropping really in mm. any significant way. Mm. So they've never thought, "Fuck." I might lose my seat. Really, they've never thought. So if, and this is the this is this is going to be the real test. If even by two or three or four or five points, the polls drop for national in the new year or even this mm. year, then those people start talking. They start. They drop by another two points. It's it's something that they haven't sure. experienced in the key years. Yeah. I mean, it's not. They just haven't experienced it. So what happens then? Mm. That's the irony too, I guess, is that um, you know, being it's much harder to shine as a backbencher in government than it is if you're on the opposition benches, where you can like, you know, go off and do a bit of homework and find some issue that you can kind of you know, make your mark with. Whereas, you know, all, all you do if you're on the backbench is ask those sort of pussy questions at question time. <laughs> Tell me how wonderful you are at your job again. So. You're right, Toby. I, th I think that's true. It's something that they haven't had to consider, and um, they'll be sort of wriggling around on their seats over the next couple of months, watching the polls, won't they? What do you reckon of Bill English so far, Annabelle? Has he sort of seems to have slid reasonably seamlessly into the job? Yeah, definitely. A and you would expect him to, because he's been in Parliament for like 400 years. Um, 
and he's considered a safe pair of hands and all of that stuff. But then I remember the other day that sort of housing scandal that he had when he was claiming the accommodation allowance in Wellington when actually he, you know, had lived permanently in Wellington mm. for ages and all Double the rest of it. To, and I think, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting because obviously that's a demonstration of poor judgment on his part. So... You know, he's not as pure as the driven snow, but obviously a very competent, you know, minister, a great right-hand man to key, and so you would expect that it would be a smooth transition. Uh, ben, he... Um, he just needs a personality transplant and he'll be fine. Well, he read a poem. I thought that was quite cool. I mean, I, I sort of yes. thought, I mean, I, you know, part of me wants to kind of make a little joke about it. It is actually quite cool that he, you know, he said, and I don't think, I don't think this was some you know, disingenuous, spin-manufactured thing. Yeah. He was at a Women in Leadership conference, heard us in the Test Daily March poem, thought, oh, that's that's quite interesting, um, and read a line from it. The thing is nice. that, you know, you can be good at your job and all of that, but what really matters, and especially at this part of the election cycle, is what you are like on the campaign trail. Right. And I'm just not sure that he has the personality mm. but I mean his brand is boring Bill and, and that will possibly resonate with some New Zealanders but he'll have to toe a fine line on it I would think he's always got Auntie Paula there to like jazz it up for yeah, him. Yeah well that's the idea isn't it that it's the kind of <coughs> yin yang thing going on and she can talk about pissing in the shower on more FM or whatever it is oh, and um, Bill can talk about you know fiscal headroom um, I don't know whether it quite works also like in the that. shower <laughs> Um, it's a it's a it's it's a novelty Christmas product. Sure, I'll send you the link. The um the the the, the thing for Bill though uh, for Bill English though Ben surely is that what while he may have been very able on the levers of the economy mm. <coughs> yada 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 what he hasn't what you don't have to deal with in that role is events in quite the same way you know you're not necessarily called on to to have a a hot take in effect mm. I mean he, John Key is a hot take <coughs> prime minister. And his, his, his parting advice to Bill English, which I think he meant sincerely, was trust your instincts. And his instincts are better than anyone's in mm. politics, yeah. or probably in the world, almost. <laughs> I mean, you know, like he's very good at looking at data, assessing it quickly, and working out, you know, what are the right things to say. Um, that's the test for Bill English, right? It's hard to do that. It's hard to have a hot take on everything that rears its head. Unless you're Toby Manhire, go. <laughs> I think there's two things to that. The first is, you know, Bill. This this Bill is boring thing is kind of overplayed. Yeah, he hasn't been a you know millionaire money dealer overseas. He doesn't have any sort of extreme sports hobbies. But in terms of normal, ordinary New Zealanders, he's he's not a boring person. You know, he's not a dull, lifeless sort of human being. He's very funny. He's very reflective. Um, he's he's very um, sort of. He's self-aware, self which is something we've, we haven't had in a lot of, um, you know, the other political leaders in parliament, uh, you know, over the last sort of decade or so. And the, and in, in terms of, um, sorry, what were you talking about? I, 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 was, <laughs> I, was, I, I got caught away sing, caught I, up singing I, his praises. I, I was and, just wanted to say that, um, that one thing that Bill doesn't have, and I've already said it this week, that Key was so good at was like never looking defensive. Even when the shit was going down, he always managed Relax, to let yeah. it like yeah. slip off, and it's an incredible skill. And really, just a couple of times did you ever see him look ruffled? And it's something that Paula Bennett doesn't have. I mean, Jack Tame 
kind of eviscerated her very gently this week and she just doesn't have that same thing and I think it was really one of Key's most important political skills. So as as a voter and a political watcher I don't necessarily mind that. Um, I think that the you know, Bill is a lot more reflective. You know, I think you you said in your sort of pricey of Bill um, on the spin-off the, uh, this week or last week that when he's asked a question by an interviewer, he really he thinks about it and he answers it. Yeah. And that's always been my experience with him as well. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to re-inject into our politics, to have a question time where the Prime Minister will actually apply himself to answering the question rather than doing sort of glib one-liners, which was very charming when John Key started but can't you know? But but does sort of speak to a bit of sort of degradation of convention mm. towards the end. Mm. Um, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with having a slightly more serious-minded um, person in the top job who's not necessarily going to give you a hot take on who he thinks is the sexiest woman, um, but will be available available Mary. to ask questions about government. Kind of, it's Mary. Mary. <laughs> he, he, Mary. Wouldn't, he wouldn't use the word sexy, but I mean, he would, the doctor, the doctor, always the doctor. And not Jonathan Coleman. And Mary Mary is a hottie, to be fair. Well, that's your view, Annabelle. There are are a range of views, um, as John Key would say. There's a reshuffle coming on the weekend, I think. Is it Sunday? Sunday's a good day for a reshuffle. Um, I don't know. It's not much point in us pontificating about that. One of the questions is whether or not his close (laughs) close friend Nick Smith survives, whether or not McCulley survives. Does anyone have any thoughts? Does anyone? I reckon, like... It won't be like a Las Vegas shuffle. It'll be like when you give a five-year-old a pack of cards and they just do that kind of gentle... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's oh, my, that's my so hot most take. Of the cards, that's my hot Most take. of the cards end up in the same place, except yeah. one of them is accidentally the wrong way around yeah. and kind of bent weirdly. Yes. And if you're clever, you can work out that it's the Queen of Diamonds and then later on in the game, you know where it is. Do you follow that metaphor, Ben? It's, um, Wait, who is the Queen of Diamonds in this? Uh, Judith Collins. Judith. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you reckon? Reshuffle? Yeah, I don't think I don't think it'll be major. Sam Lotuainga um, has announced that he'll yep. be resigning. Um, Hekia Parata. Um, well, Sam Lotuliga, as everyone insists on calling him, that's, uh, wrongly. That, that's a pretty. That's a pretty incorrect way of it is incorrect, but it's <laughs> pronouncing because the, it's the, the ca- capital I after the hyphen, oh, right. that's why they yep. get it wrong. Gotcha. Indefensibly, but they get it uh, wrong. Um, and you know, Sorry. so there's 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 some room. There's some room. Yeah. For, yeah there's yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah, have yeah. to do anything radical yeah. in order to provide. Yeah. You know, there's already a new prime minister that that'll keep keep the public's attention. And for I a think while. you mentioned perhaps on one of our rival um, broadcasting. Uh, Outlets, Ben, was it you? I don't know. The, the, the idea that John Key was this kind of ruthless um, slasher of cabinet ministers is nonsense. He, 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 the, the demotions on the whole were really very few over the course of those mm-hmm. eight years. He, I think in 2013 it was he cut um, Kate Wilkinson and Phil Heatley and he said it's not really because they've done anything wrong, we just need a bit of a refresh. And he really kind of coasted on that reputation well, for quite as, a while. It was played as part of the smiling assassin thing. When yeah, he several very stern. Oh, every, everyone's on notice. Yeah. You can't trip up as a nah. minister. And of course, over the next you know three years, ministers were like prat falling all over the place, falling into a you know. And um, Nick Smith got demoted, and Judith Collins got turfed as well. So there were those two. She, were there any others? 
Yeah, well, those those were re- those were resignations about sort of actual you know yeah, scandals, yeah, that's right. yeah, scandals. Yeah, yeah. Um, that he he gained this reputation for a really sort of harsh taskmaster from these two 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 um, second rank minister, second uh, bench ministers, where he said, you know, it's uh, you know there's nothing wrong. We're just looking for you know top performing, um, and he could, and like I said, he sort of coasted on them in the same way that you know Stephen Tyndall flying his staff to Samoa once you know, for a Christmas bonus kind of mm. became his, his reputation as a businessman for sort of 15 or 20 years or something, you know. Oh, sorry, Dick Hubbard, not Stephen Tindall. Mm. Here I am. I can't malign. I can't, I can't defame <laughs> someone that The spin-off would like to apologise to Stephen Tindall. <laughs> and Dick Hubbard and, and every, I mean, Winston Peter would definitely like to apologise to Jordan Williams um, and Colin Craig, just in case anything could be inferred from Ben's tone. Is anyone you'd like to apologise to, Annabelle, before we move on? We're, we're, we're dragging the chain here. No. Should we crack on? Should we crack on? Let's look back at 2016. Ben, you said a moment ago that you couldn't remember anything from 2016 before Monday before last. Yeah, everything. Your is, world has been so shaken. Everything's just grey. This is post-traumatic stress disorder, isn't it? It just it seems like a million years ago that John Key was our Prime Minister and I felt safe. John Keys? Um, <laughs> Who were your political winners? Who were the champs? Ben Thomas. Well, you know, the events of the last week have shaken everything up, and I think the result is that everyone is a winner. Oh, please. You know, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a fucking Kurt Vonnegut clam bake on the beach oh, at the end God. of a novel. It's like, oh, my God. It's like the final scenes of love, actually, where everyone's storylines have shaken out oh in a sort my of God. happy seasonal way. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, John Key's won because he gets to spend more time in Hawaii, and he left left on top surprising everyone as he's done his whole career Andrew Little wins because he no longer has to face John Key in the next election Bill English wins because he's finally Prime Minister Stephen Joyce wins he's Finance Minister New Zealand first have a new opening in the election they win um, every, it, literally everyone is a winner here except as you canvassed before maybe the last six or seven people on the National Party list might be feeling a little more nervous as uh, Christmas rolls around everyone's a winner baby Annabelle is he right? um I, yes and no. Um, my winners would be the Māori Party mm. because they suddenly look like they could be a happening thing again. Because of the mana partnership or because of the way... Because that- of tuku, which means that the mana partnership can happen because it wouldn't have happened without, without tuku. And, yeah. you know, Māori politics is all about relationships and tuku has a good relationship with Hone and Te Ururo doesn't. So they're starting, and we're talking about them again and we're speculating about yeah. the seats, whereas before, you know, people thought Te Ururo would get home, home and hosed and that's... And I guess for it. the Māori Party, it also sort of offsets the... I mean, it was in, watching the Q&A panel um, where um, Matt McCartan was ribbing Madama Fox, you know, about, oh, you're just their, their dirty little helpers, you know, which is, the, which is, the, which is the, the main thing that has bedeviled the Māori Party over the last mm. few governments, which is you're just enablers for the National Party, for the, for the Tories. She's a maestro... But, but but it's, sorry, isn't the isn't isn't doesn't the mana th- mana thing kind of offset that because they're clearly clearly to the left of Labour. So it's like if we can be mates with National and the Mana Party, we kind of. I don't think it offsets that. To be honest, I don't think it offsets a perception that they are definitely on the right. But mm. I think it's you know Maori want to see them working well together because there's you know 
Māori that have more corporate interests and then there's Māori that are about, you know, te pane te kore, which is, you know, mana's raison d'etre. So I don't think it's really about signalling that they're going more left. I think it's that they're open to working cooperatively mm. with the other mm. Māori mm. political mm. force and not trying to destroy them and take them down. Marama Fox is such an incredible politician. Mm. You know, when she's in front of a Māori audience, she kicks the hell out of you know, John Key and the National Party, but then she does the, hey, but we are at the table. She just knows how to play an audience superbly. She has an excellent relationship with the media. It feels like the most um, the most engaged the Māori Party has ever been with the Māori media, and I think, you know, they need her, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens at the election because, it, I mean, she could well be out of Parliament, and I think... Uh, that would be a real shame. Hone is a winner, you know. Hone striking up a relationship with Tuku, you know, could possibly get back in. He's looking good. Um, the Greens, I feel like they had a really underwhelming. Uh, Martima Davidson, you know, again another really impressive Māori politician. We knew she would be, but I feel like the Greens have had a very quiet, understated year and. If, I don't know if I'd call them winners this year, to mm, be honest. No, they've, I mean, they, they, I think they've been doing quite a lot of sort of gearing up for next year. Mm. And they have, I mean, they've been working quite hard, harder than the Labour Party seemed to have been on recruitment. And um, while someone like Chloe Swarbrick, who did well in Auckland, is not everyone's cup of tea, that was, that was, that they won the fight to get her because largely it looked like they cared about it more. Whereas sometimes Labour give the impression of going, well, you come to us. Mm. You know, you come and kiss the ring if you want to be with the Labour Party. And then they've got Hayley Holt as well. You know, I mean, so they do have a... Whereas, whereas you know, well, they've, they've now signed up um, that's why that's, that's the real reason why Key quit. Because Hayley Holt standing right. in Helensville. Uh, well, just to go back to Key and the Māori Party and their you know, a lot of a lot of attention is focused on, you know, this kind of meta discussion of, you know, their negotiations with mana. But if you actually look at how their year has gone, they've had an extraordinary year. John Key said that one of his three regrets on leaving um, mm. the leadership was that he hadn't managed to create um, an ocean sanctuary in mm. the Kermadex. Now, the reason that's on hold is because the Māori Party stopped it because there hadn't been adequate consultation with No, the reason Maldi. it's on hold is because Nick Smith and John Key completely balls it up. <coughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But instead of instead of just sort of rolling over... It's not the Māori Party the, holding the, it up. It's National yeah. ballsing it up. No, and, I'm, the, I'm, and the Māori yeah. Party having to say, hang on, Taihua, you guys have to do that, you know, that whole treaty thing. Yeah, talkie, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that in a thing. negative way, but what I'm yeah. saying is, look, this this was the... They did achieve something. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he got... I guess. He didn't get his flag Maori referendum Party. through... And By he holding also, it up. yeah, if, if this no, was not holding it up, Annabelle, you just told, told me. No, 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 no. But what have the Maori Party achieved? They have managed to 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 ensure that it won't be done without the proper consultation. Well, to be problems. fair, I don't know if that was a Maori Party thing or the was threat it? of the legal action no, by Tehu Kaimwana. Sure, the Maori yeah, okay. Party have played played a part, <gasps> but I think. Um, it probably wouldn't have made much of a difference okay. had Tehu Kaimwana not lawyered up and been prepared to go off to court and, and fight it. No, it and, and the thing too is what's happened now? There's been no talks, my understanding is. It's actually stalled and nothing has really happened. Yeah, so. but that, that means that the, the, the fishing rights haven't been infringed on yet. And um, in, t in terms of the legal action, the legal action wouldn't have been able to, um, you know, it was going to go through as an act of parliament. It's still on the order paper. So it was actually the Māori Party 
um, withdrawing support. Um, you know, the, and, the, and it was quite a, it was quite a um, an explicit face off. I think Key decided that he'd put it on hold. It was about two minutes before Tororo was going to address the press. So you know, look, I, I think this was an example of them really staring down the government in quite a quite a staunch manner. And the, and the way that you don't really hear about when Labour and uh, Mana are telling the story about um, how the Māori Party act in government. More, more importantly than um, the Kermitic Sanctuary, uh, I should say that we I have stolen a copy of Marama Fox's Christmas song, um, only <laughs> only one verse of which I think was broadcast on the television, and I'm prepared, I plan to exclusively publish that on the spin-off as, as um, Māori Party propagandising by Marama Fox. Mm. Who, um, what about Andrew Little? I mean, Labour Party, oh, yeah, treading water, holding on. No, no, no one is seriously talking about a leadership challenge. I mean, it's strange that that should necessarily be uh, a point in their favour. But where do they fall? They're sort of somewhere in between the winners and the losers. I just feel like I come on here and just slag off Andrew Little all the time. I'm sick of it. Yeah, I don't have much to say except I think Calvin Davis has done an incredible job. Mm. Um, you know, when I ran all those marathons, raising awareness around family violence, not a sexy issue, but a really important one that mm. nobody else seems to really be engaging in and keeping corrections on us. So I think he's a winner. Yeah. I don't have much to say. He's had a couple of good years. Uh, but and so, but then do you think, and then you said that Hornier's got a chance. Do you, I mean, Hornier versus Calvin? Uh, well, see, because Calvin is up high on the list, I think Hornier could totally run a, um, you know, two MPs for the price of one campaign. And yeah. He only lost by, I think it was 700 to Calvin. And a couple of days before the election, the Māori Party actively campaigned on, you know, don't vote for us, vote for Calvin. So mm. if that were not to happen, then Hone may get back in. Mm. Um, but, you know, Calvin is a is a really strong contender and he's had three years of building his profile and endearing himself to the electorate. So who knows, it will be a hard-fought race. Really big win for Labour in Mount Roskill in the by-election, which seems like in the distant okay. past. But um, <laughs> Labour, Should Labour be... Feeling good going into the new year? Yeah, look, they absolutely should. I, I think the Mount Roskill by-election, its significance has really been overstated by everyone. There was never any serious risk of Michael Wood losing that. Um, he was a, a, a reasonable candidate who performed well and, you know... Is he chuffed, Ben? He's your mate, eh? Uh, I say mate. <laughs> I, I would assume he's chuffed. Um, you know, he's, he's been down there. I, I Yeah, look, I... I um, but I, I think it's, you know, so people talk about momentum, you know, I tend to think momentum sort of stops over summer as everyone goes to barbecues, you know, the, the summer effect is very real, you know, you see the Prime Minister's approval ratings tend to go up as the weather gets warmer and people are happier, you know, and they're, they're like, things are going well in New Zealand, right? There's less rain. And, you know, so I would say, it, I'd say it's been a terrible year for Labour up until the last nine days, and that's given them a real shot in the arm. Um, I would have probably, you know, I, I admire Andrew Little. I think he's, uh, I think he's a good leader, and he really has brought the caucus, you know, to kind of heal. Um, but I would have had him as one of the year's losers if Key hadn't resigned. Interesting. <clears throat> um, Labour have called for uh, an early election, which is that a double bluff? I'm guessing that's a bit of a double bluff. Insofar as 
uh, if we're calling for one, then you're less inclined to. I'm not sure. I, I thought I thought Bill English had kind of suggested that it wasn't likely. You're, we were talking before. You said he hasn't ruled it out. Ben, what do you reckon? What do you reckon, panelists? Um, Snap election, uh, March election, June election. I, I think a March election would be fantastic for uh, no for, for the public, <laughs> yeah, oh, for the people. You know, for yeah, for, 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 for the idea that you would nobody's going to campaign or countenance campaigning during the summer break. Mm. You get back, campaigning starts in late January. You have six six weeks flat tack, yeah. and then it's over for the year. And politicians can actually get around to doing something. You know, the, what we have here with our triennial elections that tend to be sort of anywhere between September and late November is you just waste an entire year, really, of sort of um, cold, you know. Cold, phony war, cold war, yeah. posturing and positioning, yeah. Nobody wants the campaign during daylight saving, though. When do you come back on air? Congratulations to the Hui has been Thanks. renewed for another season. Mm. Hey. Yeah. Uh, when, do you, when are you back on air? March, okay. So. March, we've got 40 but would you? So would you, um, if, the, if there was a March election, would you come on, maybe, would all those shows start a bit earlier? They'd have to. You'd have to get, yeah. your, get your boots on and get working. You would. No barbecues That's for you, I'm mate. That's I'm not a fan of an early election. <laughs> That's not going to work for me. <laughs> and your holiday in some opulent beach house in the Coromandel or That's whatever right. it is you do. That's right, over. Mm. Um, the, well, you're listening to the Gone By Lunchtime Christmas Party special. We... Um, I um, invited Annabelle and Ben to give out any prizes they want to give out. Have you got any awards either of you want to give out for 2016? They're both pointing at each other. They're both pointing to each other and shrugging. They're shrugging their shoulders. Ben, go. Um, well, I, I think as we were talking about um, before the show, um, I've, I've been, as, as, as Jonathan Coleman would have it, I'm a relative millennial at only 38 years old. So I'm familiar with, you know, social media. <laughs> and <laughs> and, um, and I, I, I was thinking, you know, who, who are the best politicians on social media and the, the ones who, you know, get talked about a lot of, you know, people like Grant Robertson who just have a very good tone or hmm. Jacinda Ardern. James Shaw is surprisingly good on Twitter, the Greens co-leader. Hmm. Um, Judith Collins, of course, is an extraordinary... Social media native, um, totally right. She's and, pure millennial. Yeah, um, but what, one that you know you didn't seem familiar with, uh, Brett Hudson, who's an otherwise fairly anonymous um, National Party backbencher. I think he stands in Ohio. Um, has a pretty good Twitter account. I don't know if I follow and, him. Let me check. And you know, may, maybe with election year coming up, now's the time to sort of Brett, seek two, out these diamonds in the two rough. Tees, isn't it? You know, Brett. Um, we were talking about, you know, backbenchers don't actually have a lot of opportunity uh, opportunities in Parliament, um, apart from asking Patsy questions, and this is one way that they can sort of brand themselves and... Uh, B Hudson underscore NZ. Yeah, I follow, noticed... Follows I noticed, me. <laughs> yeah, I noticed a few Simpsons references recently, oh, you know. Fuck it, I'm going to follow him right now, live. Done. Um, Annabelle, have you got any prizes? No. No prizes. Any booby prizes? Gareth Morgan. I was going to do Gareth Morgan. Oh no, so was Ben, but then I stole it because I read his sheet before. <laughs> was it just not? just cause? No, these 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 were Toby's notes. These are Toby's notes without my without your scrolls with, without without my annotations. Oh, and, and research. So I wrote this is this is this is this is a good podcast. This is a quality podcast. Gareth Morgan, because I appreciate the this. Fact. Is exactly how every political, well-known rumor in Wellington starts. You know, it's like, I heard it, I heard it from Annabelle. <laughs> like, you know, this is. <laughs> 
this, is, this is how exactly every every fucking rumor in wellington that starts with everybody just knows starts so gareth morgan gets the prize from me and annabelle and ben for being the uh, the the kind of cat loving prize for trying to sound like trump as much as possible while at the same time denouncing and repudiating trump anyway that, that gift that, that whole prize as a section was a bit of a bit of a disaster yours was fine ben it was fine, but no better than fine. Election year. What are the big issues going to be in the election year? I think the same ones that we've had over this election cycle. Employment. Housing. Um, housing. Um, immigration. Mm. <clears throat> what do you reckon, Ben? Anything, anything unexpected? Poverty. Gonna... Yeah, I think housing and the economy slash poverty. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the economy. All the projections are rosy for New Zealand. Everything's looking good. Um, but as of January the 20th, Donald Trump will be the president of the most powerful nation in the world. Um, he's already just about, as president-elect, just about started a war with China um, over Taiwan and the One China policy. So it's just about started. There, there are, <laughs> there are all, there, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, unknown unknowns and unknown unknowns um, still ahead. Um, but I think if things continue along this path, yeah, it'll be housing is, is, is the huge one. Um, and immigration will be something that has, has been sort of growing in recent months mm. and will really sort of take full flight next year. Winston the, will unleash it. The New Zealand media is dying for a Trump. They are well, absolutely gagging to be able to say... This person is New Zealand's Trump, the Trump. Effect, so, the, so on one level, that's that's trite and simplistic, right? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 that kind of is blah blah blah. Our uh, Trump is that. So, on one level, that is that is simplistic <clears> and silly. <throat> on the other hand, if it's a if it's a genuine wave that's capturing large parts of the developed world, which it is, it is a useful question to ask: Can Winston Peters, Gareth Morgan, will try in his own way to be the non-establishment figure? Can can Winston Peters be the lightning rod for whatever part of that sentiment does manifest in New Zealand? We're, and I think we're protected from large part from that because so. of a valve with MMP and blah, blah, blah. But he's going to try. I mean, did you, did you guys hear his interview on the radio this morning on Morning Report about, how, you know, his, his, Pike, his Pike River mine and I'm going in there? I mean, it was semi-coherent. He was accusing Guy and Espiner of being party to the great conspiracy. It was sort of shambolic. It did sound like he'd just woken up, lifted his head from the pillow after a night on the tiles. Not saying he had been, just that just that's a metaphor, obviously. Um <laughs> the the but the thing is Isn't it a metaphor for being drunk? Yeah, it's a metaphor but I'm saying it's a metaphor <laughs> that being drunk is a metaphor for the reality. I'm oh, right, not sorry. saying I'm not obviously wouldn't be so ridiculous of course, to suggest sorry. anything like that of an old senior politician. The point my point I'm making is that um even though <clears throat> People like me, people like us, sit there and go, "Oh, this is ridiculous. This is—he just sounds completely barmy." That doesn't matter if he is channeling, and maybe he's done this all the time to some degree. But it doesn't matter. Surely that is the lesson, one of the main lessons. Is it doesn't matter if you can go, "This is a ridiculous thing to say. This is contradictory. This is uh, not going to be acceptable to normal right-thinking people." Doesn't matter anymore. Nigel Farage, Brexit, Donald Trump, president-elect. Doesn't matter. You don't have to be coherent. You don't have to. It's about whether or not you capture a mood, and yeah, so that's I what he's totally going to do, agree. right? That's what he's going to totally do. Totally agree, and that's what he's really good at. 
you know, he knows those right but buttons to push mm. with people mm. and he does it, you know, very, very well. So, no, I totally agree with you and I think, you know, it'll be a big year for him next year. And he's probably going to end up irrespective of whether or not he uh, increases the the vote. I mean, New Zealand First usually poll lower than they yep. do on achieve on election day. Mm. He's going to be... I mean, we're going to get sick of hearing kingmaker, 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 but he's going to be what I call the kingmaker, Ben, isn't he? <laughs> Come. Is that, that's what, that's Is what, that a metaphor? <laughs> Kingfisher. <laughs> the, yeah, look, that's, that's what all the polling suggests. All of the polling up till now has suggested that we were having a runoff between either a national act multi-party government and a national New Zealand first government. And, um, and this, this will only, help, you know, the recent events will only help Peters, the campaign will help Peters, because there is this backdrop. I, I don't think it's particularly applicable to New Zealand. Um, I think that the, you don't really have that same sort of broiling um, status anxiety in mm. New Zealand. And part of that is actually because of housing, which is one of the other things. You know, middle class families don't feel as if they're getting poorer. If they own their own houses, they actually feel as if they're getting richer. Um, because of property price inflation, and that wealth effect, you know, is is very different from the states where people actually see their assets being worth less. Um, they haven't gotten their pay rises. You know, their cost of living is going up. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think it's I don't think it translates directly to New Zealand. You know, we don't have the same sort of huge levels of immigration um, in terms of foreign workers in the same way that uh, in, uh, the UK did, um, and we don't have any sort of sovereignty issue in terms of you know laws. We've got higher immigration levels Maybe than too. the UK to do per, per capita, much higher. Yeah, but I, the, the, there isn't that sort of sense. You don't you don't get the jokes about the kind of Polish plumbers. No, no. There aren't there aren't quite the same tensions. But is the, yeah. is, isn't isn't what you're saying exactly what you'd expect an establishment elitist to say? Isn't that the fact? Well, look, if drain the swamp, if twenty if twenty sixteen has swamp. shown one thing, it's that people like me know literally nothing <laughs> and should should yes. never be listened to. We should so. really have uh, that, that's you know, a, kind of a, a general disclaimer at the start of all these <laughs> conversations. <laughs> this is all bullshit. So, so, since Brexit, it's nothing. been apparent that I have no idea what's going on. Uh, so. Um, uh, one more quick thing I was going to mention is Auckland. I kind of feel like next year, and you, you know, all lots of the issues that you touched on there, nowhere are they more kind of powerfully felt than Auckland. And you could see that the Paula Bennett's Aucklandness was talked about as a factor um, uh, in the her achieving the, the the deputy role over Simon Bridges. Matt McCartan is now in Auckland, and there were various theories about whether it is, but he's that, that does seem to be in large part driven by a focus on Auckland. We're going to have a, a, a Mount Albert by-election in Auckland, Auckland Central's up. I mean, Auckland is going to be big, right? And I'm speaking from Auckland, but this is, Auckland's going to be big in 2017. Or is that another elitist establishment thing to say? Well, up until now, a lot of the focus has actually been on the regions. You know, has has National lost touch with the regions, um, which was brought into focus last year with the Northland by-election? Yes. You know, is there too much focus on Auckland? Yeah. Now, of course, if you live in Auckland, you know that there isn't too much focus on Auckland. You know, if if you're in an hour and a half commute every morning Mm -hmm. um, just to get a job so that you can, 
so that you can spend 70% of your pay on your rent, um, you know that there's actually not being enough done in Auckland by government. But if you're out in the regions, you just see all of the spending and all of this focus. Mm. Now, that's actually something that's more similar to the kind of Trump effect where you have this kind of rural city divide um, and this idea that you're being neglected out in the hinterland. Um, but, but, but yeah, look, I mean, Auckland is, what, a, a, is it over a third of the population now? Something like that. Super city, yeah. And, and, and rising. Yeah, and and that it's is higher now than when we started this podcast. Kappa. We started. This, <laughs> I mean, there, there several thousand people have flowed into Auckland since we began this podcast. It's been a long podcast. The um, yeah, and um, I think that's yeah, and look, so so of course, of course, the the place that is thirty percent of thirty three percent of New Zealand is going to be a focus. The elections are won and lost up here, mm. particularly because you know if Labor does well in Auckland, they can do well nationally. Um. Uh, speaking of the length of this podcast, let's wind it up. Does anyone? Um, I also invited you um, to come up with a Christmas wish, something you'd like from Santa's sack and politics uh, for 2017. Has anyone had a moment to think about that? Uh, I've got one. It's a little bit left field, but um, my one is that I would really like Annette Sykes to be in the next parliament. Okay. Because I just think that it would be a really exciting, interesting, explosive parliament to report on with her in it. And I thought, think, you know, if you had uh, Annette Sykes with a Marama Fox, a Marama Davidson, mm. and a Nanaia Mahuta, that would be a force to reckon with. Sure would. Well, how, how close? She came reasonably close last time, did she? Uh, she actually slipped back last time. The, oh, okay. the time before, she was the second highest. Um, she, you know, she she closed the gap on her in Tūruru last time. Rawiri Wright actually came second in Waiariki. Oh. If Hone had got in, she would have got in, but um, unfortunately right. he missed out. So we ended up with a pretty dry parliament. <clears throat> what would you like from Santa's sack? Could could I use my wish to cancel Annabelle's wish? <laughs> yeah. Is that how the, this works? Neutralise it. Yeah. Be... No, it doesn't work like that. Santa doesn't like that sort of stuff. That's like You're that's like a, a lump of coal that's now, like you want your sister's <laughs> your sister. List. I don't want my sister getting a getting a Lego truck, so I'll have nothing. <laughs> and she doesn't get her Lego. That's not look. Fair. I, I very much want Annabelle to be happy in the coming year, but I there's got to be another way. <laughs> um, look, I, I want a boring year. I I want a, a dull year without as many without any apocalypse. Yep. Um, without the end of days, without yep. Ragnarok occurring. Yeah. Um, that's that's what, what that's my modest what occurring? What Ragnarok. That? What's that? That's the Scandinavian end of you know oh. Twilight of the Gods. Yeah. The. It's like an Armageddon. Yeah. Is the, that a Norse the, thing? The, the, the wolf Fenris finally devours the sun. John Key goes and lives in Hawaii permanently. Mm. We're about. I think we're about halfway through all of the stuff they described. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. You just want to. That's all. I just. I just, I, want, to I just a, want a quiet life for all of us, Toby. I just want to have a nice glass of milk <laughs> and read a book. I want, since you asked, I want us to do election year without talking about stitch ups or dirty boroughs and seats. Just let it happen. Like that's the system. Yes. Let's not get bogged down. I just get bored by it. I agree. And I want to have no discussions about what Winston's bottom lines are. I just want to kind of like the media to agree to have a pact just to completely terrify him by not asking him about that because then he just gets to pontificate about that and prevaricate about it for minutes and minutes. And um, those are my wishes. You've been listening to the Spin-Offs 
Politics podcast gone by lunchtime, and we're dropping our mics for the year. Many thanks to producers Joe Ho 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 Say Barbosa and Madeline Awayna Chapmanger <clears throat> to Jingle Annabelle's Lee. I'll start it so I'll finish. To Ben Tomasilto. And goodbye from me, Toby Ding Dong Merrily on Manhire. And a very Merry Christmas, Chris Mooker, and Festivus, Festivus to you, beloved listeners. <laughs> We'll talk again in 2017. Oh. <laughs> Kia ora e te iwi, Tiai Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.